Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef and this is the NFL Draft. Well, it was the first live sports in who knows how long. Man, was it fun to have something else to watch. I'm going to break down the NFL Draft, the highlights of the draft. Also talk about a tight end who has come out of retirement. A team that has made one of the most insulting moves it could ever make to their starting quarterback. So an NFL player walked into the wrong house. More on that all coming up and much, much more on Sports with Yosef. The NFL draft was about the first live sports that we've seen in what feels like a millennium. Yes, that's a direct quote from my blog. Regardless of that, it was nice to have live sports again. I don't know how many of you guys watched the draft. It was entertaining. It was, it was pretty well done, done. ESPN, NFL Network, ABC collaborating on that. There weren't even that many any technical glitches, which I thought was really impressive. I know my live broadcast on Sportscaster, and I will give links out for that stuff all out. I will give it out later. But I know on Sportscaster, I had more technical mishaps than the NFL. Okay, maybe not. I had about technical mishaps for half an hour. They also had technical mishaps for half an hour. But that was kind of... The NFL did a very good job, and it was played off very well. I mean, I honestly just like being able to see all the videos that came out about the coaches in their coaches' room, in their houses and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. And I also thought it was really cool how the Ravens drafted. They did a tremendous job. And I guess here's where I give out all my promo stuff. I did a blog breaking down, um, doing a brief breakdown on every draft pick. I'm doing another one here. You don't really need to check out that blog out, but I do go a little bit more in detail than I probably... I will not be quoting that blog probably anymore tonight. That's sportsblog.com, username yosefm613. I'm also at Medium, medium.com, username yosefm613. I talked about my live draft broadcast. Well, that was on Sportscaster, username yosefm613. I, I had my good friend Ephraim Merkin join me for that. I had technical mishap where I couldn't get his audio inputted in correctly for the first half hour-ish of the broadcast. After that, Really went well. Um, if Ryan really knew his stuff, strongly suggest you go check that out when you've got some time. And you have some time right now, so make sure you check that out. Also, check out all of the previous episodes of Sports with Yosef. I am talking to new guests, trying to get some on. Uh, I mean, in the past, we've had great guests. I mean, Ken McCusick, um, incredible breakdown of the Ravens-Titans playoff game. Danny Vietti from CBS Sports talking about MLB guesses. I mean, it's the best way to say it. And more MLB plans have come out, which look like it could be a reality. Looks like the world so soon could be returning. I'm not going to say to normal because I'm never, not sure without what the previous normal will ever exist again. But it will come back to some part of daily life as we used to know it. Check out all of those episodes of Sports with Joseph and all of them. I think this is going to be the 43rd episode. Uh, it's been about... Almost, I mean, coming up on my second year since I've started Sports with Yosef. Um, so make sure, make sure you check out some of the best and see how much better this episode is than the first one I did, than the fifth one I did. I think you can tell that I got better. I'm proud of that. Make sure you check that out. And, of course, give me a follow on Twitter at YosefM613. I'm trying to really grow Twitter. I need your help. Look, just give me a follow. If you really feel the need to, I guess you could mute my tweets so you don't see them, but don't actually do that. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you engage. Again, that's Yosef M613, Y-O-S-E-F M613. That is my username for like all of my platforms. In fact, for all of my platforms except for my podcast. Which, by the way, how many of you guys saw the new logo? 
for my podcast. I have new logos for all of my sites. Make sure you check them out. I spent some time on that. Like I said, time is a thing that people have an abundance of right now. So make sure you take advantage of it with some great sports coverage. Ravens NFL Draft, getting a little bit more into it. So I'm going to just say that it was an NFL Draft, which was a little bit interesting and kind of just like, okay, we're going to let this happen. We don't, I'm not going to say we don't really care, but that was kind of how I felt about it. I thought teams were being very nonchalant, not a lot of trades. I thought we'd be seeing a bunch of trades. I thought we'd be seeing some quarterback stuff moving on. And don't get me wrong, there were quarterback stuff. Absolutely there were. But it wasn't what I thought it would be. And coming to the draft, this was going to be the Ravens' 25th draft. Those Ravens had drafted 201 players. Three Hall of Famers, 25 combined Pro Bowls, excuse me, 25 combined Pro Bowl players, three NFL Defensive Player of the Year, one NFL Offensive Player of the Year, two Super Bowl MVPs, one NFL MVP, an incredible track record for what has been one of the best franchises in the NFL since it came into existence, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not going to go through every draft pick. I'm probably not even going to go through every draft pick of the first round. A couple of highlights. I'm going to be talking, I'm not going to say all Ravens, because that's not true. I am going to be talking other parts. I teased this in the beginning. There were some interesting parts of the draft, which really, really unexpected. A quarterback from a team that has a history of doing it, and did it again. Doing what, you might say? Well, that's a good question. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Alright, I'm going to just, I guess, start off with the Ravens, go through the Ravens draft, and then we'll go through other very notable parts of the draft, and some less so notable parts, and some stuff that I was just like, that's cool. Alright, so, Ravens, their first draft pick, it was Patrick Queen, and I don't know, when I was listening, I was keeping track of the draft in a bunch of different situations, and I I mean, there was a lot of talking about, I don't know, about the 20th pick in the draft, about seven, six or seven guys on the board that, coming from a Ravens perspective, looked great to come to Baltimore. When it got to 26, 27, there was like almost only one player left. His name was Patrick Queen. And then at the 27th pick, you got to Seahawks. Seahawks, they also need an inside linebacker. And you, you're just imagining from the Ravens. First off, did the Ravens want Patrick Queen? And I, I wasn't so sure about that. Well, And I was kind of proven right later on. I'll talk about that. Patrick Queen, would he go to the Seahawks though? No. The Seahawks took a different inside linebacker. I believe Jarrett Brown, if I'm pronouncing the name correct. No, I got the initials right, but nothing else. Jordan Brooks. And then the Ravens went, and they bled the clock down a little bit. And when you bleed the draft clock down a little bit, it's practically for a couple of options. You're either trying to get a trade, or you're indecisive. And there was no one else the Ravens could have really taken at 28. It was Patrick Green was the only player that would have fit their scheme, that would have worked for them. And the Ravens bled the clock down, and I think it was because they were trying to trade the pick. Patrick Queen, I think, I mean, he's a... Sideline to sideline, inside linebacker. He's gonna fit. He's going to work in Baltimore. I'm excited for him to come in and see what he can do. Um, he's the third inside linebacker drafted in the first round by the Ravens in franchise history. The other two, Ray Lewis and C.J. Mosley. So a pretty good standard for the Ravens. And actually, it was pr- pretty funny. Eric DaCosta joked about this. 
He was he's the first LSU player the Ravens have ever taken in the first round. And former Ravens GM, Ozzie Newsom, played for Alabama, so there's definitely a little bit of hatred going on between Alabama and LSU historically. And Eric DaCosta joked on a press conference after the draft, a virtual press conference, I should say, after the draft, that Ozzie wasn't happy that they took an LSU p- pick and they and they had um and john harbaugh came out later in a later press conference said yeah great story eric told completely not true gotta love the friendship those guys have have john harbaugh eric DeCosta, and actually their neighbors a video went viral of them going and talking across their fence don't worry it was from a distance of over six feet away but the ravens took queen and in doing so filled a position of void inside linebacker was an absolute necessity to be filled uh, they lost Josh Bynes in the offseason to the Cincinnati Bengals. And inside linebacker in play for the Ravens has always been pretty good. And it, meant it was able to happen. No, the Ravens were able to do it. And then, and then, the Ravens in the second round of the draft, well, they ha- the Ravens started out with, if you remember, seven picks in the first three rounds. Second round, this was a bit of a surprise from the Ravens. They took running back J.K. Dobbins with the 55th pick. Um, and then they traded their other second round pick for the Patriots. They gave the 60th and 129th for the 71st and 98th. A third and a fourth rounder, if I'm thinking correctly. Um, is that, a, is that, a, is 98 a fourth rounder? 32 times four is going to be 32 times three. This is gonna be 96. Yeah, it's like very early fourth round draft pick. So, after my math skills, but Dobbins, coming from Ohio State, running back, very, very potent out of the shotgun formation. And the Ravens, they ran a lot of the pistol last year, but they also did run the shotgun with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, we really didn't see him under center that much. And Dobbins will fit right in. He could be the guy who'll take over for Mark Ingram. Ingram, he is aging. Um, I believe his contract ends after this year. Maybe it's, it's, it could be one more year after that. But he could be the future of placement. Definitely got to be a, a blow to the gut of Justice Hill. It'll be interesting to see how that roster spot is going to work out. He'll fa- flash his speed, um, but didn't do too much more than that. It could be the Ravens will say, especially with the extended roster, expanded roster size up to 55 and 48 active for a game, that the Ravens will say, yeah, we, we can take four running backs and a fullback who's also going to be playing tight end in Patrick Ricard. Also, Ravens took another fullback. Uh, excuse me, they didn't take, they got one in, an undrafted rookie free agent. And so the Ravens took J.K. Dobbins, and then they took a defensive lineman. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. Um, Justin Madubuik. Um, I mean, and why would he take a defensive lineman? I, I mean, didn't they make all the moves in the offseason, like, they got Calais Campbell. They got Derek Wolf. I'm blinking on other guys they got. But the Ravens really redid their defensive line a little bit. Michael Pierce left in free agency. They re-signed Justin Ellis. Well, So why are you getting this guy? I'm going to just call him Justin because I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly. I need to look that up. Well, the Ravens, yeah, they did get a bunch of guys for their defensive line. But here's the thing. It's an old defensive line. It's an aging defensive line. That's a defensive line which is going to be retiring in a couple of years. Whether that's Calais Campbell, whether that's Derek Wolf, this is Brandon Williams is older. 
this is an older defensive line, and Justin's going to hopefully be able to come in and eventually take over for some of these defensive linemen. And then the Ravens took a wide receiver. This was a really a, a draft class loaded with wide receivers, and the Ravens went out and took one in that um, This was that 90-second pick, which I was doing math about earlier. Devin DeVerney from Texas. DeVerney, um, he, he plays in the slot. He has very good hands. I'll talk more about hands later. He's going to play behind Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed, he's a free agent after this year. Is DeVerney the future at the slot receiver for the Ravens? Quite possibly. A little too early to tell. It'll be interesting to see how that works. The Ravens then took um, another inside linebacker, Malik Harrison. All right, ignore my previous math. Apparently, this is the... I don't... I, you know what? I I think I'm missing something here. But and I just did double-check this. With their last pick in the third round... The Ravens took uh, guard Tyree Phillips. Obviously, Marshall Yonda retired in the offseason, as Kemi Cusick predicted he would on Sports with the Safe. Make sure you check that out, like I said earlier. And actually say where to check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know where to check it out. You're listening to it right now. I didn't actually need to say that. So, yeah, I don't... I, I, I think I'm missing something. What's... Because I think when you get later in the draft... It's maybe not just 32 picks around, quite possibly. I think that makes sense, because I would... Ignore my previous math. Last pick of their third round, it was the Ravens took a guard. Will he replace Marshall Yonda? He's definitely going to have a shot at doing it. The Ravens then, with their next pick, took Ben Bredesen, who played for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. So you're definitely seeing... Uh, you can definitely guarantee Jim gave some scouting reports to the Ravens for that. Ravens t- chose another defensive lineman, Broderick Washington, um, in, in the fifth round, Ravens made their second trade of the night, trading a 2020 pick at 225 and a 2021 fifth rounder for a 2020 a 201 pick and 219th pick. With the 201st pick, the Ravens took James Prochet. Prochet um, had a great, great season for SMU. He's had a great career for SMU. He's done he's done a lot, and he's going to have a shot to win the punt returner job. And then when the Ravens took Geno Stone from Iowa, a safety with their last pick again, Earl Thomas is, is starting to get older. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And much like last year, the Ravens drafted to fill their voids of a playoff loss. In the playoffs, Ken said it wasn't as big a factor. I kind of disagree on this one. I think drops were a huge factor in the loss to the Titans. I'm not saying it was the only factor, but I still think it was a big factor. And the Ravens drafted two players who really just don't drop the balls. Devin DeVerney, 244 career targets, 5 drops. 2.04 drop rate, lowest drop rate of any Power 5 wide receiver since 2018. James Prochet, 437 career targets, only 9 drops. That's a 2.05 career drop rate. And I had another stat on... Prochet's, by the way, has got incredible hands. He made a couple of nice one-handed catches um, at SMU. DeVerney only had one drop throughout his entire college career. I'm wondering what this other source I just read to you, though, was. Huh. One of these sources is inaccurate. Interesting. I don't know which is inaccurate. Regardless, they don't really drop the ball a lot. That is huge. And then, like I said, the Ravens, they bolstered their defensive line, hopefully to stop an entourage of Derrick Henry. Well, that was the Ravens draft. But there was a lot more than just the Ravens draft at the NFL draft. I mean, I'll just 
read off some of the little picks here and do a little bit of analysis. Joe Burrow went to the Bengals number one overall. No surprise there, Burrow. Uh, I mean, it this so far. I mean, coming into the draft, his resume, his stats, his everything looked too good to be true. We'll see how that pans in the NFL. Redskins they took Chase Young, um, best defensive player in the draft, and then Jeff. O- the Lions took Jeff Okuda, the best cornerback in the draft. Giants took an offensive lineman. Dolphins took Tua, Tua Tingvolia. And great story there. Tua, I mean, he had been carted off the field with a pretty horrific injury for Alabama. Obviously, we all know how Tua started his college career coming off the bench in the final. In the, I'm blinking on the, on the name of the final. But in the college football championship, coming off the bench and winning the game for Alabama in overtime. And then, like I said, he did get injured. But he went to the Miami Dolphins, a rebuilding Miami Dolphins team. And you've just, just got to feel bad for Josh Rosen. He was ousted by Kyler Murray last year. Now he's going to be ousted by Tua. Got to feel bad for that guy. I mean, he's had a rough shot in the NFL. He's never really gotten a chance to prove, can he be an NFL quarterback? I mean, maybe, you know, I'm just speculating here. Could he be a guy, a Ryan Tannehill situation when he goes to another team one day and flourishes because some team gave him a shot? Or he, if someone gets injured and he comes in and does an amazing job, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I think we saw Garoppolo really impressed when Brady was injured after Deflategate um, in those four games. That's where Garoppolo really started to impress. But a great story about Tua. And more than that, the Dolphins organization. Tua was a very similar choice that the Dolphins had to make. Going back, I don't remember the exact year. By the way, this is... From the um, Wall Street Journal was the first I saw to report this, so let me let me give the credit that is necessary. I forgot to give the credit in my online live stream of the draft, but like I said, this is from the Wall Street Journal, and the saying, excuse me, the Dolphins had a choice to make, and I don't remember who they had the option to. Were they going to go out and sign a quarterback, and the, in free agency, I want to say two thousand six. And the guy they were, weren't really sure about had just gotten injured for the Chargers. His name was Drew Brees, and Philip Rivers was going to be taking over for Brees. Uh, since the Chargers didn't like him, did not like Brees. And the Dolphins were wondering, do we or do we not sign this guy? Do we or do we not take a risk? They chose not to. Brees went to the Saints. The rest is history. Well, another situation here for the Dolphins. Bit of an injury risk here. Do we or do we not take this guy? They took him. Rolled the dice to, uh, I mean, people were talking for him a while as the best quarterback in the draft. He did get injured and lose a lot of draft type, but, I mean, still very respectable going into fifth overall. Not more than respectable, very impressive. Chargers, and then they took their quarterback of the future as Philip Rivers is now a Colt, Justin Herbert. It'll be interesting to see how Tyrod Taylor's going to mentor him. Um, Herbert really impressed me at the Combine, more than probably more than any other quarterback. I mean, a guy who went a little bit later than people thought, and I'm not a, not yet up to CeeDee Lamb, Isaiah Simmons. I thought he would have gone to the Panthers. Instead, the Panthers took Derek Brown, and the Cardinals went with Isaiah Simmons. Jaguars, I mean, people have been maybe questioning some of their decisions. They've been pretty, practically gutted their entire team. But they did a pretty good draft. They took C.J. Henderson at 9, and they took Clavon Chasen at 20. So a, a very um, And they were pretty solid throughout the draft. They weren't amazing. But they were good. So credit to the Jaguars as they're going to be on the track to rebuild. A couple surprises that the Cowboys 
were able to select CeeDee Lamb at 17. I mean, that's just incredible if you think about it. CeeDee Lamb at 17, he went to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys got another weapon for Dak Prescott. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they beefed up their offensive line, doing their best to protect Tom Brady. And then the surprise of the draft, the surprise of everything. With the 26th pick, the Miami Dolphins had the, had the draft pick, 26th overall. And there was a trade. And let, let me take you back to the 23rd pick, where the Chargers trade, the Patriots had the 23rd pick. They traded it to the to Chargers, and, and the Patriots dropped back to the 37th draft pick. And here was my rationale for this. Why, why are the Patriots trading back? They, they, don't need, they don't feel there's anyone there. And I think the million-dollar question for the Patriots was, are they going to be taking a quarterback, or did they roll with Jurette's Didham? Well, the, like I said, the Patriots traded back to 37. And the way I saw it from the Patriots' perspective was there is no team in front of us who will take a, a quarterback named Jordan Love. No team in front of us needs a quarterback. The team's there. I mean, Saints, 49ers, uh, Dolphins, they already drafted a quarterback. Seahawks, Ravens, Titans, Dolphins again, uh, 49ers, they, Chiefs. They, these teams don't need quarterbacks. We can drop back to 37. We can get some extra draft capital, and we can grab Jordan Love. And I'm going to take you back to 2018 when the Ravens did the same thing to get Lamar Jackson, where they dropped back from... I'm not going to remember this 100% correctly. They dropped back, I want to say, from like, I don't know, like 16 to 23, no, 16 to like 22, 22 to 25, took Hayden Hurst to 25 and then traded up to, traded back into the first round of 32 to nab Lamar Jackson. Well, it looks like the Patriots were doing something pretty similar and letting, letting the, waiting, waiting it out and then grabbing their quarterback. But, with the 26th pick, like I said, there was a trade. The Packers traded up and drafted a guy named Jordan Love. Like I said, the Jordan Love I was just talking about. They traded, got the pick from the Miami Dolphins. I don't remember what they gave up. By drafting Jordan Love, they did the same thing to Aaron Rodgers that Aaron Rod- that was done to Brett Favre. This is a Packers organization that, I mean, they, they've had, they did this, like I said, they did this when they drafted Aaron Rodgers and they put Brett Favre on the clock. Don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of football to play. This was an incredibly surprise pick in the draft. And yet, Rodgers' statistics have slipped a little bit over the past couple of years. There's no timetable to kick Rodgers out yet. Jordan Love, he's the biggest boomer bust in the draft. He has the opportunity to be a big boom. But there is there is that opportunity for a bust, and it is a little early to see. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, is all but said, and he's not really said it, but all the reports are he will not be helping Jordan Love. And it was it's interesting. The Packers played in the NFC Championship last year. They lost to the 49ers. Did I say AFC or NFC? I don't remember. They played in the NFC Championship, regardless of what I said. And this is a Packers team, which you think maybe they just need one more weapon and they're a Super Bowl team. I I thought they were going to, I think I said preseason, they would lose to the Saints in the NFC Championship. I think, I don't 100% remember, I don't have my boards in front of me of what I predicted. 
but it was gonna be like, yeah, why don't you why don't you draft a wide receiver for so many years? And I don't have the I don't have the tweet in front of me. I'm sorry, and, and the stat in front of me. But I I don't think the Packers have dra- have drafted maybe one skill position player since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback. In the first round of the draft, I should say. I think, and the same goes for Brett Favre. Neither Brett Favre or Aaron for for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers never drafted them help. They never drafted them wide receivers. They never got them those running backs. They never did. The Packers never got their quarterbacks the help they needed in the first round of the draft. They really neglected their quarterbacks. And now you come in and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, you're hoping you get him a wide receiver. And you come and draft his replacement. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't had any help from the Packers. What does that say about the way they treated... Aaron Rodgers, how much better would Aaron Rodgers have been if he had gone to another NFL team? A team that respected him, that helped him, that put weapons around him. How much better? That's not to say that he's not had weapons, but it is to say the Packers neglected Aaron Rodgers. They neglected Brett Favre. How much better could they have been? I mean, there have been not very good arguments, but there have been arguments that Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. The greatest of all time. He never had the same stats. I mean, but athletically, raw talent, the ability he had, which was an ability that was wasted in Green Bay, his ability was better than Tom Brady's. His ability, I'm not going to say is better than Drew Brees. In some aspects it was, in some aspects it wasn't. Brees is much more accurate. Um, I mean, Brees is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. But they never gave Aaron Rodgers the help. Shame on the Packers for, for the way they've been treating Aaron Rodgers. And... I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he is not happy. And I saw an incredible stat. I just, just to show you how good Aaron Rodgers is. Jordan Love, last year in college, threw more pick sixes, more interceptions, returned for a touchdown. He threw three last year. Then Aaron Rodgers had thrown in his entire NFL career. Guys, Aaron Rodgers is 36. He's a veteran. Aaron Rodgers had thrown two pick sixes in his entire NFL career. Jordan Love threw three last year. That's wild. That's how good Aaron Rodgers is. And it was just not going to be great. I don't know. I mean, Aaron, I don't remember the exact stat. Um, but it was Tom Brady averaged more in his Super Bowl wins than Aaron Rodgers in his Excuse me. Average less points in his Super Bowl wins than in his playoff than Aaron Rodgers' playoff losses, and obviously you're playing a better team in the Super Bowl. But the point is still there. Tom Brady's the Patriots won games. The Patriots. I've been saying it for a while. It was the Patriots' defense really has and special teams and just other players have done a lot to help the Patriots win games. And win championships. It's not been 100% Tom Brady. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers, who's trying to do it, I'm not going to say all by himself, but he's doing a lot of it by himself. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's known for the Hail Mary. Why are you in a position where you need to have to do those Hail Marys? And really, I could rant about this for a while longer. I'm not. I think we're going to actually move away from the NFL draft. And we're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski.
Hold on, one more moment. I just saw another stat that kind of emphasizes the point I saw about Aaron Rodgers. Passing touchdowns to first-round picks among the top 10 all-time passing touchdown leaders. Drew Brees, he's thrown 104 touchdowns. Um, he's thrown 104 touchdowns to a first-round pick. Tom Brady, 105. Peyton Manning, 293. Brett Favre, 127. Dan Marino, 84. Philip Rivers, 35. Eli Manning, 135. Ben Roethlisberger, 69. Uh, Fran, Fran Tarkenton, 74. Aaron Rodgers, 1. One passing touchdown to a first-round draft pick. Shame on the Packers. As soon as I stopped recording last night, I realized I'd forgotten to talk about the one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about the Jordan Love situation. And I was like, come on, so we're going back to Jordan Love because the interesting part of the Jordan Love situation, which I kind of started and then got sidetracked, was the Packers traded up from 30 to 26 to get him. I want you to ask yourselves right now, why? There's no clear reason. The Packers probably, I mean, it looked like they could have stayed at 30 and stayed right where they were, where they were and still got in Jordan Love because the Seahawks weren't going to take him, the Ravens weren't going to take him, the Titans weren't going to take him, so who was going to take him? Why would you trade up? And I've come up with two theories, which are really one theory. Either a team was going to trade up to get him, or a team was going to trade up to get him. The Patriots, who traded back to 37, maybe you trade back up, say, you know what, let's just go and snag our guy now. We got some extra picks, some draft capital. We'll trade back up. We'll get something after for moving back, and we'll go get Jordan Love. Maybe the Patriots were calling in. Another option. Maybe the Colts were trading in. The Colts, their quarterback right now, well, his name is Phillip Rivers. He's not going to be around too much longer. Maybe they thought the Saints would trade up. Maybe they thought the Steelers were going to trade up. I heard rumors, not from a source that I recognized, but I did hear rumors that the Colts were on the phone. I did not have time to pursue those rumors, be it as it may, but they w- that's what I was told. I was told the Colts were on the phone. I have not heard anything about the Patriots being on the phone. Because like I said earlier, when I, the Patriots traded back to 37, I thought they were trading back to, get, to have Jordan Love fall into their laps. Didn't happen like that. But really interesting that the Packers traded up because that tells me that somebody else wanted Jordan Love either that or the Dolphins sold him really well on that pick they're like bro you better come here Matt LaFleur Packers organization you better come take your quarterback now because we got two other teams on the phone it could be that happened Really interesting that that happened. Now, let's go back to what I've been trying to get onto and keep on failing to get onto the topic. Tom Brady and hit one of one of his favorite weapons. His name's Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, he came out of retirement and was traded to the Buccaneers. And this was a trade that Gronk forced. Gronk absolutely forced this trade. He was traded for a fourth-round draft pick, um, so he's going to a Buccaneers team. Like I said, the Buccaneers 
got a bunch of offensive linemen in the draft. They are loading up to protect Tom Brady, and now they've got O.J. Howard, who they picked up their fifth-year option for. They've got Rob Gronkowski. They've got Mike Evans. This is a ridiculously stacked Buccaneers offense. The question is, is it enough to get past the Saints? But really interesting Gronk coming out of retirement, and then um, I believe... Not Antonio Gates. Tony Gonzalez sent a message saying, hey, uh, maybe I should come out of retirement as well. He was joking. But Gronk coming back into the NFL, that's no joke. He's going to be a monster again if he can stand up to injury. He says he's in really good shape. And I don't doubt it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when there starts to be contact, especially because there is less of a preseason. Additionally, Tom Brady has really made himself at home in Tampa Bay. He has already gotten kicked out of a park, and he walked into some guy's house. He was trying to go get into Brian Leftwich's offensive coordinator's house. If that name sounds familiar, he was the quarterback, backup quarterback for the Steelers. The Ravens played against him in the Super Bowl run when Roethlisberger was injured, so he did get some playing time for the Steelers, like I said, back in 2012. And he just walked right in, but he got the wrong house and walked into a neighbor's house without asking. And then NFL teams were saying, hey, that's against league policy. You cannot have contact with the team when it's offseason. This is the offseason. What's going on? Roger Goodell, please hand out a punishment. So no word on that. I've not heard anything about it actually for a couple of days. We'll see if it gets dropped. But there definitely is a motion by some teams like, hey, you can't do that. You just walked into someone's house. And, but you and but then once you realize you made a mistake, you then walked into your offensive coordinator's house, which is illegal. It's illegal because of COVID nineteen, and it's illegal because of rule NFL policy, and a policy which is pr- primarily there because of the NFL Players Association made it be there, enforce the rules. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. The Ravens made a free agent signing after the draft they got the a guy who was cut by the seahawks dj fluker i think that's how you pronounce his last name it could be flucker i i don't know i'm bad at pronouncing names until i see some film on them and hear the broadcaster actually pronounce it right but dj is going to be coming in and probably taking that uh the taking over from marshall yanda and it'll be i mean getting some more veteran presence on that line He's not going to be a long-term guy. He's only going to be here for, I don't know, a year, maybe two years if they, he resigns. But he's going to what he's going to be doing for the Ravens, he'll be mentoring the, young, the offensive lineman the Ravens drafted. And because it's going to be such a short off-season program, I expect rookies to not do as well this year. And I think the Ravens expect that also. And that was, it was a nice move by the Ravens to pick up DJ Fluker. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. Check out all of my other content. Stay home, stay safe. I'll see you next time.